up, guys? Welcome to another episode of High First, episode 11. Wow. We're uh, we're really getting up there now, man. Uh, appreciate y'all for listening, you know, whenever you have the time on these morning drives to work or whatever you're doing or wherever you're popping your podcast play at. I appreciate it. Uh, can't thank you enough for supporting my grind and my my drive to get to the top here and just cover this horn and stuff to the best of my ability, man. But uh, with that being said, I've had some time to look over some of the things that have bothered me recently about the Hornets and what has been going wrong. They're two and ten in their last few games, uh, so it's just it's been hard to watch Hornets basketball lately, just as as a fan, you know, and as a reporter of the game. So I come up with some burning questions that I just feel like need to be answered at this point uh, for the Hornets after this All Star break that's coming up. Obviously, All Star weekend. We're going to touch on that. We're going to touch on our boy LaMelo. But first, we have to start off with three burning questions that I have for this team as they move further and advance towards the postseason as time winds down. So question one, can they stay healthy? Um, Obviously, it being a COVID riddled year, uh, same similar to last year, too. It's just they've had nine players out with COVID at one point. And thankfully, they haven't had an outbreak in a long time. Uh, Gordon Hayward was the last one, but he also went down with an ankle injury. And followed by that was another ankle injury by Jalen McDaniels. And then Cody Martins missed a lot of time. So it's really, it's been tough on the Hornets to, to keep a consistent rotation because they're missing bodies that don't necessarily play that much together. You know, they have a few practice, a little bit of practice time together, and they have some things sorted out there. But actual game time speed, we don't see a lot of that. So that kind of worries me. Like, can they stay healthy down healthy down the stretch of a season? Like, you know, mid mid to late February, you wanna you wanna be clicking. Come March, you gotta be on top of all your stuff. You wanna make sure that you're hot, you're catching fire at the right time to carry that momentum into the postseason. Because after the break, there's only about 22 games left in the season. So things are winding down fast. And if this team can't stay healthy and peak at the right time because of the health issue. That worries me. That that makes me think that they could be a first round out, not even in the playoffs, but in the play in. And sitting at the ninth spot right now, you have to win that game in order to play for that for that next seed. That's a do or die situation. So if anything, you want to get to that seventh and eighth spot so you have a safety net at least to fall back on. But if we're being honest here, you really need to get to that sixth spot so you won't have to worry about it at all. And you have a little bit more rest to get ready for our first round playoff series. So that's question number one. Question two, should they play James Booknight more? When Booknight has played, he's actually been pretty productive. Like I've seen him put up some goose egg nights when he just happened to step out onto the court, you know, when maybe in garbage time, three to four minutes left in a game or something like that, you know, but when he's actually played meaningful minutes throughout the game, He's been putting up double-digit points, you know? Give you give you another playmaker off the bench or somebody who's trying to find a rhythm as one at least. Being a young player, being a rookie especially, Book Knight hasn't had a bad rookie season given the circumstances that he's had to deal with. Now, like, that mix up with Coach Borrego a couple weeks back where he looked upset that whatever Borrego told him didn't sit too well with him. Cool, whatever. They moved past it. But I kind of feel like they should play Book more here. I'm, I'm kind of... I'm seeing another scorer, another playmaker that's in the making. And yeah, he's young and he hasn't played a ton, but 
he's a wild card. And that X factor, that wild card could be huge for you come playoff time. We can actually become a lethal weapon that nobody even knew about because you didn't play that much in the regular season. But I'm kind of feeling like these last 22 games or so need to be kind of like an evaluation period. You play him in spurts, play book night in spurts. I'm tired of seeing these DMPs on, on his, uh, on a box score at the end of nights and stuff like that, or just watching these games. I'm not seeing him get entered in or, you know, check into the game until garbage time. At that point, the game's meaningless. I mean, it is, but it isn't. You want, you want those players to get the reps and actually have a good time playing and stuff, of course, but we're not getting a good evaluation of how effective he might be able to be in James Rago's system. It's a running gun type of offense. I think Book Knight fits. He's a kid. He still runs. He's springy. He's everything that you need right now out of an athlete to out of your two guard spot. Even just coming off the bench. I'm not saying he should start, but I think he should definitely see some minutes in these last these last 20 or so games. That's question two. Now that's that's a big one for me. That's probably my favorite one. Question three. Can they be consistent? So this kind of goes back to the injuries and hell, even playing Bookmore. Their rotations have been kind of spotty. There's times when they're rolling, they're hot. They look like one of the best offenses in the league. And scoring-wise, they're like in the top five, you know, but they also give up a lot of points on the defensive side of the ball. Like, we see them get killed. And there's a lot of times when those three balls aren't dropping or if they can't find a way to put the ball in a basket, they're not scoring for three minutes or so. Three, four-minute drops and not scoring. In an NBA game at that, with this type of new regime of three-point shooting, You can find yourself down by 20 within two minutes just from the amount of threes that is taken in today's game. So for being honest here, being consistent in the game is important. You need defensive consistency is probably the most important. Offense, yeah, that kind of takes care of itself. You turn the 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 trick is that Borrego preaches, every good coach preaches. You want your good defense to translate into good offense. That's where it is. That's where you, you're trying to bounce things around that you want to see things progress and get better on the defensive side of the ball because you know you're going to be able to score after getting an easy steal or a block shot, a good defensive contest or whatever. That's going to impact, impact your offense to the point where you know you can go down court. All you got to do is just score the basketball. It's a load off your shoulders when you know you can shut down the other team. So that's what I need to see in terms of consistency in the game. But overall, throughout the schedule, They haven't won the second night of back-to-backs. They always seem to drop those. You need to be consistent there. You have to be. With losing streaks, when you're in a losing streak, you're in a slump, you need to be a good team and be able to snap back quick. Like, look at the Warriors. Look at Phoenix. Look at the Bulls. Any any good team at the top of their respective conference, they happen to snap back to reality real quick and they realize what's going on. And, like, yes, this is a young team that's a lot of pressure, whatever, but this is the NBA. And the Charlotte Hornets – actually have a good chance to actually contend for something. I'm not saying championship, but I'm saying a playoff series victory, depending on where they match up at. So this is huge. You know, the the East is wide open. The whole NBA is wide open. You get in the playoffs, everybody's 0-0. You never know what could happen. So how consistent can this team be? Not only that, adding Montrez Harrow does complicate rotations a little bit. It complicates things on offense because he could stop the ball and just score an offense, be a post player. And that's a good thing that he's stopping the ball because his team runs a lot. So I like Trez being there for consistency off the bench to be a good black hole that can actually just get his own buckets on the inside. He's, I think he's the only player that can score from the post on the team now. So I'm glad they got Trez in the trade deal. 
that's uh that's huge for them, you know. But adding Trez, Trez is a winner. Uh pretty much everywhere he's gone outside of the stint in uh in LA with the Lakers, it's pretty ugly. But thinking more clipper basketball, Trez, he he was a gamer, he's a competitor. He wants to win probably just as bad as anybody on that squad. So I'm glad he's there for the veteran presence. He's definitely a piece that they needed coming out their front court, but things just have to be consistent for that to actually look like a great deal. It's already a great deal. I love the trade, but I need to see more. I, I have high expectations for this team as playoffs are buffs and being in a playing game doesn't make me too happy, but if they get in, they get in. And I'm sure the fans that rep Charlotte could agree with me there. Uh, but yeah, that's, those are my three burning questions. I think everything's a valid point. Uh, they need to be able to string things together, be consistent, stay healthy, and play James Booknight. I think that's that's going to be huge. All three things are necessary. They're all just simple solutions that sound like it could be a cakewalk, but it's not. I'm not an NBA coach, so incorporating these things, I'm not an NBA player either. So trying to incorporate these things and trying to do these things is a lot easier said than done. Shit happens. Let's just be honest. So best of luck to them. I hope they can I hope they can figure things out, man. Injury-wise, minutes-wise, and being consistent. It's it's huge in the NBA. You just got to do it. But anyway, on a brighter note, All-Star Weekend is here. Finally. You know, it's been a long way to time. <sighs> Dang, it's it feels like forever ago, back in 2019, I, I worked All-Star Weekend in Charlotte. And that was one of the best times. It, it was the best weekend of my life, honestly. All the celebrities in the building, in your city, you know, you're working with tone professionals, seasoned guys that just know what they're doing, seeing uh, the teams that's there, like not obviously not NBA teams, but I'm talking like media teams. You got TNT's group there. You got some notable people from ESPN, NBA TV. The energy out there is awesome. So, like, every time All-Star Weekend comes around now, I'm always excited. Like, I'm going to be there again. And one day I will be. But I'm watching things from afar right now. I'm going to live through LaMelo Ball because he's playing in two events over this weekend. Obviously, the Rising Stars Challenge, which has a new format, which is pretty interesting. They're, they're divvied up into four teams. It's not going to be your classic, like, big pickup game anymore. It's divvied up into four teams. and uh I believe LaMelo Ball ended up on team Gary Payton. So the way this is going to work, it, the, the rosters are comprised of uh, compiled of um, rookies, sophomores, and some some young first-time G-leaguers, the 18-year-old prospects like for the night, the G-league night and stuff like that. So games one and two would be played to 50, I believe, a target score, not flat out just being played. And then you play your last game, but you play a total of three games. The four teams play a total of three games. I'm sorry, I should have specified that. First two games are played to 50 points. The last one is played to 25. So a bunch of target score games. It should be a lot of fun because, you know, these young guys, they don't get tired playing three back-to-back games. Hey, man, this is what you get paid to do. Put on a show for these fans, the people that don't know your name. So LaMelo Ball, hey, man, I got I to stick with up with our guy, right? Should be the MVP of that game. Despite the Cade Cunninghams, the Josh Giddies, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley's, then you got some of these hard hit sophomores. Like, hey, man, I love the game. I love these players. Love to see these young players especially show out. But LaMelo Ball got to put on for the city, man. 
And of course, All Star Game, the main event. That's who again back to the back to the 2019 experience, man. It was just that game right there was just so so surreal. Uh, that was Team Giannis and Team LeBron uh, back in 2019. Seeing all the highlight plays, big dunks, everything was spectacular. So to see that, to see them playing uh, in Cleveland now, Team Durant versus Team James now, it's kind of like, yo, this is going to be a show. KD's not playing, unfortunately. But LaMelo's coming off the bench as an all-star reserve for Team Durant for the to replace Kevin Durant, actually. So it's going to be awesome to just watch. Watch LaMelo just have a good time. Like, you know, his game fits. His, his game, his style of play, everything fits the scheme for this game, for all-star weekend in general. He's a flashy player, make a lot of highlight plays with his scoring, obviously, ball handling. Passing is his best attribute, and he's going to be playing with the world's best all in this game. So I'm looking forward to watching it, man. I can't wait to tune in on it and everything. And if I had to predict a stat line for LaMelo, I'm a, I think he's going to come out swinging, you know, just scoring the basketball, trying to shoot kind of. So I'm going to say nine points, six or seven assists. That's That's kind of my guess on that. The rebounds and stuff, not so sure. Not really going to nitpick with that, but I think about 9.66 should be good because they're going to play a handful of minutes, of course, being a reserve. He's going he's gonna to get some tick, especially being more exciting than probably a lot of the other guys on the roster. So that's kind of what I'm anticipating from, from my boy LaMelo, man. It's, this is a great weekend, man. You guys make sure you tune in and watch all the stuff, even if you're not a Hornets fan, you know, and you're listening to this. I love All-Star Weekend. It's like the best break in sports compared to the NFL's little Pro Bowl thing or, you know, the MLB All-Star Game, NHL All-Star Game. They're dope. You know, it's cool, but NBA All-Star Weekend got it made. This is the best one, the best All-Star break, like, in sports, man. Make sure you guys tune in. But again, hey, this is the high burst. We're going to make sure on the next episode, you know, we'll we'll get into more of the nitty-gritty answer some of those questions that I asked you guys in the beginning, but top verse, you know, I like to keep it short and sweet, man. Make sure you tune in to All Star Weekend again. And thanks for listening.